Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Caught me at mid timbit there. Oh. Yeah, you chew fast. Man. <laughs> Breathe, big fella. <laughs> it's Blair and Parker. <laughs> Woo! Just a minute, I got nothing. Oh, I made sure. Why am I timing mixed up, man? <laughs> you really? You knew exactly what time it was. Okay. True story. One of the first times I did. Uh, Primetime Sports, which was, I don't know how many years ago that was. But the show was simulcast as well. And I was hosting, and I had a horrible day. Mm-hmm. And I had this big, this big-ass muffin that I got from across the street. And I forgot that it's on TV. The radio show starts, and I'm sitting there, and I'm playing with the muffin, and I've turned my mic off so nobody can hear me, and I'm eating like this. And I look up, and I go, Jesus. It's like everybody on TV was watching me mm. chow down on it. So, anyhow. Uh, we've got Blue Jays tickets to give away to, uh, here it is, to see the Jays and Orioles down at the Rogers Center on Tuesday, sorry, Thursday, June 16th. And uh, we're going to give you a chance to win those tickets at some point in this hour. Well, we've got Jake Peavy on now, and then Jeff Passan joins us. So we'll give you a chance to win the tickets before uh, Jeff Passan. And uh, <clears throat> we've got our daily trivia question. This one is, I don't even know why I'm going to ask it. It's very easy. The one yesterday had a little bit of a curveball to it. It was, it, was, it was pretty good. Oh, I see what you did there. You have to think about it. What? Curveball. Yeah. <laughs> I worked that in. I managed to work it in somehow. Uh, Jake Peavy is MLB Network Analyst. He has uh, joined MLB Network as an analyst this year. And, of course, you can watch him across MLB's programming, including, and this is a fun gig, including from the MLB Player Combine next Friday, June 17th from San Diego. The draft is uh, a little later this year. And uh, that'll be fun because the uh, MLB Player Combine, I think MLB is trying to, kind of dress it up the way the NFL combine is and and it should because it's uh given the interest in player in in prospects and and draft picks the growing interest in it uh it makes sense to uh to cover the combine as well. Jake, thanks so much for joining Kevin Barker and myself. We trust that you're trust that you're doing well. Um so this the the talking point in Toronto morning. morning. The talking point in Toronto today is that they're bringing up their top prospect uh, a catcher uh, this weekend in Detroit. That's been confirmed. Uh, we don't know. We don't know when he's going to start, but he is being brought up to catch. I mean, he's he's being brought up probably to catch a couple of times, a couple of times a week. A- as a former pitcher, how difficult is it to? I'm going to use the word or the phrase "break in a new catcher," but how how difficult is it? What we're 
eight weeks into the season now, two months into the season. 56 games. 56 games. Thank you, Barker. How, how, how difficult is it to have a young guy come up on a contending team? He's going to catch guys. You know, a couple of these guys, Alec Manoa is going to the All-Star game. And he and Kevin Gossman yeah, probably man. think they got a Cy Young opportunity here. How difficult is that to, to work with a younger guy? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know what it, that, it, that it is terribly um, difficult when you have the experience on the staff that, that you have in, in leadership. Kevin Gosman is an absolute stud on the field, but he's also that stud that you guys know uh, in, in the clubhouse on those four days that aren't his in the leadership role he takes with, with just teaching anything that's, that, that he knows and, and that uh, he's just matured so nicely and you understand when somebody's career has just continued to trick tick up and they've gotten better and, and added things like Kevin has. So I, I don't know that it has. And I, I'll just draw back to experience in 2014, we had Buster Posey the best in the game, but we, we lost um, Hector Sanchez late in the season. And uh, I want to say August, but, but um, no, no, no earlier than August. We brought up Andrew Susak, and Andrew had never played a big league game, and he wasn't the prospect that you guys are are talking about putting into the system. You know, at that time, that's not knocking him. Uh-huh. But anyway, he came up and he he caught critical games, and I was um, I was always that one as a veteran guy at this point in time to say, "Give me this guy," and he was just going to shake his head and do what he was told, not going to give um, a lot of resistance, and it. Somebody like a Kevin, I don't know that you want to really disrupt what Kevin and Alex have going, you know, um, right now. You know, that's, that's to me, the biggest, like, there's just something special about what those two are doing. I would be hesitant to change that up. I don't really think it's going to be a big issue because he's going to be young on a team full of veteran leadership. Jake, when you, you've never thrown to a, to a catcher and you are, you know, getting a sign and you throw to that catcher, what would tell you that that catcher's really good behind the plate? Well, to me, I'm a people person and I, I, I that he's engaged. Hmm. All I asked for is my catcher to be truly in the moment with me and that we had taken in, I, I, I was, we were going to prep. He didn't have an option to prep. You, you know, we, uh, we were just going to know what we thought we wanted to do. And then I just wanted that guy to engage with me and let's truly go at this for the next two, three hours. And there's an art form, and and that's the only thing people – I get this hard label of anti-analytic guy, and I'm not. I love analytics, but stuff – and, you know, Kevin as a player, you know that, man, over a course of a two-, three-hour game, stuff changes. Guys make adjustments. The best in the game have adjusted from his first at bat to his third – against the starting pitcher. If the pitcher is not adjusting to what we're doing and we're just going off what that paper said, could be completely wrong. And so to me, I, I wanted to catch her and the best catchers I had were in it and we were finding a way to win. That's, that's the bottom line. Jake, you think there'll be any issue with Pitchcom? With a young guy, Triple A, they don't use Pitchcom with the Blue Jays. Is, is, would there be any issue with that? Would that be easier for him? You know, it seems, he, it seems easier, you know, but to me, I don't know. I, I've had... I've had the, the the people I've asked, you know, currently playing, I, I've had complete uh, both ends of the spectrum answers to I love it and it's made life easier and no chance, you know. <laughs> it, and, again, it just messes with guys' routines that they're used to. Um, but then, like like you said, some older veteran guys love it. So it's um, 
you know, I, I like that they're trying to, to speed the game up. The game certainly has got to got to pick up um, the pace of, a bit and, and see if we can have some more interaction. And, and um, heck, my eyes were so bad. I don't know if y'all y'all remember me trying to see signs, but we basically got <laughs> every one of those uh, signed uh, companies along the way. We tested out every product they had. I, I'm 2040 vision. I can ne- never see signs. <laughs> I'm sure the guys at the plate, <laughs> the guys standing at home plate, probably took comfort in that. <laughs> you can't see the signs. Um, uh, we need don't dig in. I wanted them to be uncomfortable. Of course, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you let them know, guys. I can't see today, but don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I know which direction. Rub your eyes and squint. Yeah, I know the general direction the ball's going. Don't worry about it. Uh, you talked about guys making. My move, my move wasn't that. My move wasn't that. I'm sorry to cut you off. My move wasn't that. I just always threw it in somebody's back and looked at my hand like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Sorry. That's awesome. I don't know. Maybe maybe this blister will go away. Maybe it won't. Um, hey, uh, you, you talked about making uh, adjustments in game, um, and we were talking about Kevin Gossman, and you know the. Kevin's been hit a little hard. Well, it's, he's been hit a little hard, and guys have been laying off pitches that they weren't laying off before this year, and and it, that's led to a lot of talk around here that he may be tipping pitches, or you know he may be that mechanically hitters are having an easier time identifying which pitch he's going to throw than they were earlier, et cetera, et cetera. So you know everybody's sitting down and they're looking at video and they're going to have a group group think and try to come up with something. When we're talking about adjustments, in-game adjustments, that's one thing. But what's it like as a pitcher to have to make a major adjustment in season? Like something that's that's a life, <clears throat> a possibly a life and death adjustment in terms of your, you know, in terms of your success pitching. Right. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this: when you uh, it, it, answer the question, Jake. <laughs> Don't go off on, on your own tangent, and I'm, I'm going to do that. It, it, it is a very difficult thing um, to do. And here's my advice to Blue Jay fans. Kevin Gosman, could he be tipping pitches? Of course he could be. And that is something that, that is always thought about, and, and you're always going to make sure. Kevin Gosman was on such a pace and, and was dominating and in the game, the strike zone has gotten so small and, and analyzed. The hitters, I believe, are as good as they ever have been. They're hitting 100 miles an hour every night. A guy throwing 93, 94 is a break to these guys and what they've got to get prepared to. So I'm just saying that I think the hitters are the best in the game. I think Kevin Galsman could possibly have just had a little rough patch. And as you go through a season as a starter, your arm goes through dead periods, and some days you have it. And, and the other day I said, on, on a 35-start year, I think that you have crap five times, you have your A stuff about five times, and those other 20, 25, you figure it out, and they make or break you. I think I would just encourage Blue Jay fans to encourage Kevin Galsman not to really analyze it too much and, and, and build into these meetings and now the, oh, God, are we tipping? Oh, gosh, what's wrong? You know, you, he was just at a – I mean, he has a historic season if he, if he keeps on that same pace. It's okay to have a couple bad starts. Nestor Cortez got hit hard yesterday. It just happens. These guys are really good. I like what you're talking there. You're basically you saying – And, and, and I, I, I said all that to say you don't want Kevin Gosman changing – 
a, a, a bunch of who he is. I promise you that. If you're Toronto, you want him to build off what he was doing. And it's going to be a minor adjustment to get back to that. Uh, and even if it is tipping pitches, he'll figure it out. He wasn't doing it a few starts ago. You can you can know it's coming if you locate it. Who, who really cares, right? I think that's what you're saying about the pitching part of it. Yeah, yeah, uh, Jake, you, you know, a lot of people talk, well, he didn't have his fastball command. And I'm not talking about Kevin Gosman. I'm, I'm sort of talking about Yusei Kikuchi as one of those guys. He throws so hard, and a lot of it is fastball command. And I want to ask a guy like you who, you know, took pride in commanding multiple pitches, but it starts with the fastball. And everybody says, well, wait, just be able to throw that thing wherever you want to be able to throw it. And, and I always want to take a step back and go, man, maybe it's not that easy because of, you know, 2022, Jake, as you well know, and you're in the business now, it's more about velocity. It's not always about location. And I started thinking about a lefty who throws hard and how hard it must be from start to start to just go, okay, if I locate a fastball, everything else will take care of itself. Is it that easy to tell yourself and just be able to go out and do that? Well, it's not. And you're exactly right. What a great point that that, that just was. And, and I, I, I'm going to piggyback off what I just said. It is a long, long season. We're now in the month of June. These guys have been in camp and throwing every day and working on this craft since February. When your arm hurts, like these guys, your bullpen right now, the Toronto Blue Jay fan base needs to know that every one of those guys woke up today and their arm hurt in a way that, mm-hmm. that thinking about pitching at, at, when you wake up and roll out of that bed isn't fun and you go to work and you get you get put back together and get back going and go out there and use it again so what what i'm saying is start to start that's a really tough thing to do because of how you feel sometimes and if you're battling a little something at all command is the first thing that goes because you start protecting your body and not committing to the pitch and so you're exactly right it's a very tough thing to do I wish so badly the game would, would go back to the guys who taught me to pitch and David Wells, a pitch guy, Woody Williams, and then Greg Maddox along. And these guys cared about location over velocity. And you're right, the game, and, and I watch these young kids that I'm coaching down here, all they care about is I'm in sixth grade and I can throw this hard, you know. And and I told this kid out of UMS, this Taylor Bruins kid who's in the minor league system now and, and, and well on his way, hopefully, he's throwing 97 with a great breaking ball. And I said, Taylor, you're doing everything right now that it takes to pitch in the big leagues. All you have to do is be able to throw these two things where they need to be throwing, you know, the majority of the time, and you were a major league player. And, and location, location, location. Sometimes they know what's coming you better locate it or you're not getting it back. Jake, I want to uh, shift focus a little bit to the sort of the wider picture in the American league East. Um, you know, I was going to ask you if, if, if you think what the New York Yankees have done so far is sustainable, but I, I mean, I'll, I'll ask you it a little differently. Um, they're on a path right now where they could conceivably have a shot at setting the record for most wins in the regular season. Um, and clearly, though, they're the Yankees, and it's all about winning the World Series. It doesn't matter what you did in August in August and September. H- how good is this Yankees team compared to some of the other other teams we've seen? Because I'm beginning to think that, that you know, I'm beginning to think they're going to put a little separation between themselves and everybody else in the American League East by the time the All-Star break comes around. It could, it could very well be double digits. I like the Yankees, too. I, 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 I like them because they're depth. 
You know, when when I, I love Toronto and what you guys have, I don't know that you have the depth. You know, and I, I think that depth just kind of showed up. I don't think anybody predicted that the New York Yankees starting staff and the bullpen and some of these people would just come on and, and prove themselves as valuable. And then I think some of the moves they made with the Carpenters and, you know, Donaldson, you, as you guys well know, brings them an edge. And I just think Aaron Boone has them playing with a a a different focus and a, a dig deep that I haven't seen a lot of these past Yankee teams really, you know, have. And that's, I'm not knocking them. I hope I want to be clear about that. But I love the Yankees. I think that you're right. What they're getting at the back end of their rotation, as opposed to Kikuchi struggling in some of, you know, I think you guys match up in a playoff series because you get to throw your best mm-hmm. out there. But over the course of the season, they're showing that they're, they don't really have a weakness in that lineup is doing what we thought that lineup would do. Aaron Judge has got something to prove. You got your work cut out for you if you're going to win the the, the East. And my God, Tampa Bay, Boston. <laughs> here comes Boston. Yep. Those four teams, you know, uh, I love it. It's the best division in baseball. I love the West. I'm partial to that. But I played in the East, and it's the big boy league and still is. Jake, really good of you to join us today. Thank you very much, man. Good to hear from That's you. Great Be well. Stuff. Great stuff. Thank you. I enjoyed it, boys. Thank you, man. Great job what you guys do. Thank Take you. care. That is Jake, Jake Peavy, MLB Network analyst, and uh, he's joined at the MLB Network as an analyst this year. And on Friday, June 17th in San Diego, you can see his coverage from the MLB Player Combine. And uh, he's a lot of fun to talk pitching to, so I'll really be looking forward to hearing him break down some of the uh, – some 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 of the pitchers that are are going to be available in the draft. He's uh, he's an interesting. I you know I'm glad he kind of said I get the knock for being anti analytics, but and you know if you just listen to Jake immediately you would think that. But mm-hmm. if you've ever heard him talk deeply and seriously about pitching, he's not anti analytics. He's a guy who believes in, in 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 balance. And what I find is kind of interesting, Kevin. You know, you heard him talk about talking to younger kids about pitching. It's remarkable, isn't it, that the guys who used to, you would think guys who used to play in the game would, or used to play the game, would be telling pitchers that, you know, yeah, there's a lot of, you, you got to focus on velo. You you know, if you get that velo up, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get noticed. It's all about getting noticed right away. It's all about selling yourself because it is, it's a political thing. It's all about selling yourself. But I keep telling people, there must be something to the fact that all these guys who played the game and racked up all these records and won all these trophies think that, yeah, analytics are important, but there's also another aspect. So there has to be something there that, ages right that it doesn't matter what year we're talking about if enough of them say the same thing there has to be something to it it's not how hard you throw it, it's where you throw it kind of thing uh, for me anyway the, the shift has ruined a lot of things and and this gets back to it's a lot easier for for gms and organizations to make up their teams because of the shift and now you don't have to locate and add and subtract and pitch to a, a hitter's weakness anymore because of where the defense is playing if i can line everybody up i got a bunch of khakis telling me eight times or nine times out of ten that you know with his bat plane and you throw it here he's probably going to hit it here i put a guy standing there makes that pitcher's job a lot easier yep. now he's not adding subtract you don't have to set guys up you don't have to locate you don't have to move a guy's feet the art of pitching has been thrown out the window 
and you can say what you want about the shift. I'm a hitter first. I'm thinking about that part of it because it's taking hits away, especially being a left-handed hitter. But it's if you look at big picture and big parts of game, it's now you're not seeing that pitcher have to work through hiccups, work through tough times. Like, you know, something ain't working. Kevin Gossman, something ain't working. How do I give my team six innings? Because I have to. Not, not because I want to, because I have to, because that's the way the game is. The game's not that way anymore. You know, you give them four innings because you don't have your best pitch. Tip your hat because I got three or four guys down there that we're going to go to anyway. It's The it's, game's sort of, you know, headed in that direction or already is there. And that's what Jake's talking about. Yeah, it's, it, but, it, but it also does kind of, it, it makes me laugh because everybody you talk to in baseball, most people you talk to in baseball, e- even people who, you know, sort of the younger generation of GMs, they'll all tell you the same thing. You know, oh, if you can pitch, what what's what's a compliment you give a guy? Oh, he's not just a hard thrower; he's a pitcher. He's a he's a pitcher who can throw hard. You know, we. But yet, anytime you talk to them, velo comes up in the conversation. It, it's it's kind of weird. Baseball's got yeah. this thing where velocity's not all that important, and you need to learn how to pitch. But you know what? Velocity's really important. It's it's one of the first things we talk about with a pitcher. It's one of the first signs of a guy getting hurt. Or, 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 you know, losing it is his They're talking out of both sides of their mouth because, you know, big parts of game, instead of leaving that guy out there to figure it out and get through it, mm, you're running him out there to go get another power arm to give a hitter a different look. So they're talking out both sides of their mouth. I always kind of thought, it's kind of weird. I think, I've always thought velocity counts at the start of the game from your starting pitcher, the first couple of innings, and it counts at the end of the game from your reliever. The rest of the stuff in between, yeah, guys can pitch and subtract and do all this good stuff. But starting the end of the game, I think it's about Look, Velo. I like Verlander. You you watch Verlander. Verlander uses his velocity when he has to. When 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 that when that big moment and I haven't sh- showed that guy my velocity. Now I got it because I pitched early in the game. I add subtract. I took a little off my breaking ball. I took a little off my heater. I elevated my heater. I moved his feet with my heater. So that way, third time through with a runner on second base, and I need that out. Yeah. I got that little extra gear, and he ain't seen it. That's pitching. Yeah. That's going deeper in games. But, you know, those are far and few between. And for me, that's not always the player's fault. That's organizations and baseball's fault because it's turned into this. We are giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast. And if you are listening on our podcast, please, uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily trivia question. Text it to 59590. Yesterday, we asked you, who did the Orioles defeat to win their first World Series? The answer was the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, which probably I, w- I would have had to think about it, but I would have gotten it. Event. That's even a little before my time, maybe. I got it in the car on the way home. Just saying. Today's question is to win... Today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Orioles down at the Rogers Center on Thursday, June 16th. Who knows? You may get to see... Gabriel Moreno against Adley Rushman, the two top catching prospects in the game, or two of the top catching prospects in the game. The question is disgustingly easy, and it actually should be below this show to even ask this question. How are you asking it? Because that's the question I got. Which Baltimore Orioles player won the American League MVP award really? in 1991? Really? Yeah, I know. Today's question, and again, this is to win tickets to see the Jays and Orioles down at the Rogers Center on Thursday, June 16th. Which Baltimore Orioles player won the American League MVP award in 1991? Text the answer to 595-9 if you're shot to win. 
See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. I I had one ball ball signed when I was a player by one player. This was the guy. This is the guy. Really? That's one ball. You had one ball signed. Did did you keep anything? Like any? Jerseys. But you don't have any? Like like dirt and, you know, no. Like Jeff Jenkins would keep all that stuff. He'd go to every stadium and and take a little bit of dirt and not... I used to laugh and throw and, like, knock the cup out of his hand when he'd feel it. <laughs> he'd get mad at me and want to throw things at me. Yeah, you're such a good teammate. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I can't no, imagine. I never made it. I would I can't have never imagine, made it. I can't imagine now why the uh, Oriole or why the Brewers sent you down. No uh, idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's a terrible teammate. So that, but you never got any, like, there was <clears> never <throat> other, one, one than, other than this dude. Did I give it away? Did you keep the it? The answer. No, no, no. No, no, I still have it. Yes, yeah, I would, I absolutely. I would too. The only ball I got. I mean, I you know, we'll break here. My favorite story about not signing anything was um, Steve Klein was the guy who pitched for the Montreal Expos and ended up going to San Francisco. And he was with the Giants when mm-hmm. Barry Bonds was going, was setting the record. Sure, right? sure. And so I was in the clubhouse talking to him, and it was uh, it was the day after Bonds set the record, actually, and we're chatting and. Steve had, a really, Steve had no filter. He had a really good sense of humor. So we're talking about all this going on. And I said, just out of interest's sake, are you getting anything signed by Barry? Like a jersey, mm-hmm. one of his bats, a ball, a hat. He looked at me, smiled, and said, not a freaking chance. <laughs> I, I said, really? He goes, not a chance. No. Barry wouldn't do that? No. He said, I'm just tired of the whole thing around. It, like, it was a circus. He said, I'm just tired of it. No, I don't want, you think I want, to, I don't want to remember this. It was interesting. He didn't get anything signed. Didn't get anything signed by uh, by Barry. Bond. Maybe I should have tried. I, I, I do remember him being on first base. I can still pitch that, and I can still just because it was a big deal for me to, to actually be standing at first base with with Barry Bond standing right beside me. It's kind of a cool thing. You think you'd have signed my baseball if I'd have been like, "Hey, throw me a ball out here and have him"? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely not. He'd have laughed at oh, me. Oh, I, no, I think I think former players would do. I, absolutely, I think former players would do that. Hmm. I absolutely. Not I during absolutely the game. think that. What well, not on. during the game. What are you going to – is it like soccer? You're going to exchange jerseys? Here, let me have your jersey. You can have my my jersey, Barker 91 or whatever it was. Hey, 46. What was it, 46? What was your number, your first 20, number? 22. Oh, 22, okay. <laughs> 91. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought maybe you had a uh, – Personalized Somebody training. tried to give me that in spring training, like 170 or something. They did I'm not like, give you 100. What's well, the highest uniform number you've in worn? In the 60s. That's what, that's what they always give the guys they were going to send down first was in the 60s. And I always be should I even come to the spring training tomorrow? Because, like, it's like you, you sort of know when you show up and you get your number and you're like, really, dude? Like, just, uh, we might as well just go ahead and tell me. Like, it's <laughs> really, like, there's like a whole row of us. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, man. I, uh, yeah, it's funny because the BBWA, Baseball Writers Association of America, the longer you stay in it, the lower your number gets, sure. the card. And I've always thought in baseball, the longer you stay in the game, the higher your number I'll gets you, as you're trying to, as you're trying to hang Because you get in. to pick your number. I, I, I bet you were the writer, too, that didn't go down that row and talk to the guys that had the bigger numbers, were you? You were, the, you were that, oh, you, were, you were that, oh, no. look at that row. Like, you it, were that guy, I bet. No, not in, oh, in you spring, were. spring training. I didn't, but, but September call-ups, I always, I always went out of my way to say hi to the September call-ups. Absolutely. 
and, and congratulate them. I absolutely did. you say did. hi to me in 2006? I absolutely did. I if I was didn't. covering the team, you I damn right you I would. Did. Were you covering the team in 2006? Yeah, I would have gone up to you and said, hey, congratulations. What did I say to you, I bet? <laughs> you looked at me like I had three heads. <laughs> Said, don't bug me. At, I'm getting it down again. Let's see. AJ said, Who's that guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good thing. And I know what AJ would have said, too. No, I There's said no chance you said hi to me. Of course I would. I'll bet you didn't. No one knew. I, I bet you didn't. Of course I would. Oh, I can't write an article on that guy. I waste well, my time I, I, walking no, over there. I'm not going to write an article, but yeah. I go over and I don't have to write an article. I go over and say hi to them. And that, I go over and say, guys, say, I'm that guy. I don't mind September call ups because I've covered baseball for so long. I like rewarding guys who've ridden the buses in Tuscaloosa and Poughkeepsie and all those places and get called up. I think that's what you should do. Well, that minimum going up, boy, September call-ups yeah. now means I know. something. I know. Anyhow, Ooh, I that's a hundo I guarantee, be making I guarantee in a month. You, I guarantee you I said hi to you. I may not have talked to you, but I would have said hi. Uh, There's Jeff, no chance you said hi to I me. I did. Jeff Passon is ESPN's MLB insider. He'll join us next. It's Of course I'd say hi to you. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our friend Jeff Azaparty, who works here, really at Tim and Tim and Friends, has been sending has been friending sending texts. But you won't. No, no, he's talking. Him. He's talking about all this donuts you're eating and trying to smuggle those through without people noticing on TV and in the radio. Never seen anybody right before you go on the radio shove two donuts in their mouth and go, "Hey, can you notice?" <laughs> like, I mean, you said it looked like a squirrel trying to <laughs> trying to steal nuts. Those weren't donuts. Those are Timbits. What's the difference? That's the hole that when they puncture the donut, that's what the Timbit is. Mm. I have no idea. I have no idea what a Timbit is. It's round. It's loaded with sugar. You know what they are. I mean, what are you talking about? I do now. Anyhow. You sound like a pro. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's no uh, Blue Jays baseball tonight. Ah. Uh, but there... W- <laughs> what? There will be tomorrow. The Jays will start a three-game series against uh, the Detroit Tigers. Hey, what's the chances could, everybody playing tomorrow? Could be the start. I'm asking. I don't know. Could be the start of the Gabriel Moreno era. I don't know what the chances are. You I mean, think Teoscar and Kirk can play? You think they're well-rested enough that they finally made it on the plane to Detroit and can walk and have somebody, you know, give them rub downs and whatever it takes to have them play? And uh, I feel better. Hey. Seriously. All right. So, well, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. I like You didn't look at that line and go, Santiago Espinal hitting cleanup. And I raised my hand going, I can get cleanup. <sighs> I mean, like, really? Yeah, let's, uh, no, I'm, I'm sure everybody will be, I'm sure everybody will be playing. Jeff Passan, ESPN's MLB Dude. insider, was actually at the game yesterday. Mr. Passan, thank you for joining us. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? We're doing well. We're looking forward to the Gabriel Moreno era. Got the uh, jersey ordered already. Um, hey, you are I, not looking forward to it as much as I am. Let me tell you that. Uh, well, no, here's because, go ahead. All right. Well, go. I, I, in my, fa- I, I am in a fantasy league with my friends <laughs> from home. So this right. is something that started in 1991 
with our dads as our partners. And we have kept the league going with in-person drafts every year mm. since. Okay. And we transitioned to an auction draft probably about a decade or so ago. And I have had Gabrielle Moreno wasting away on my bench for a dollar all year long and was about a week away from cutting him. And instead I get uh, the, the fruits of my patience. Wow. Um, and he's a, it, listen, he's a, he's a dude. Like he is legitimate. I think he will, well, easy for me to say, I think he'll hit immediately when he gets to the big leagues because, you know, players, prospects of his caliber, like Bobby Witt Jr. and Spencer Torkelson and even Julio Rodriguez for a little while at the start of the season were absolutely terrible. And mm -hmm. the transition to the big leagues is really hard, but all Moreno's ever done is hit and uh, I, you know, I have trouble seeing him not being effective right from the jump. Is there any, is there any cautionary tale? And I understand the situations are different. The players are different. Any cautionary tale though, in what we've seen from Joey Bart with the giants and the giants sent him down to what, to reset in, uh, in, in air quotes. Now that's different because he's yeah. replacing, a, he's replacing Buster Posey and you know, Gabriel Moreno isn't coming up here to necessarily replace anybody. Right. And, and Joey Bart also, remember, had cups of coffee before this year, right. too. It's not like he was just debuting either. Now, every prospect is different, man. I, I can't sit here and say the failure of one is going to portend the failure and or success of another. Uh, it's just uh, every guy is so different that uh, I, I can't sit here and, and look at Joey Bart as being any sort of analog for Gabriel Moreno. Jeff, what do you think they saw from him at the minor league level that said, now's the time we're going to call him up? Uh, what was he hitting in May? Was it something like 330? Yeah. Like 440 or like 350, 440, 480? Yeah. I mean, like the, that's what they saw. They saw a, a kid who, despite his age, who, despite his position, where you just don't really see hitters. I mean, if you look around the big leagues right now, guys, the catching is far and away the thinnest position. Yes. I mean, you know, who are, let, let's name guys who everybody would agree are good catchers. I think everyone would agree that Wilson Contreras is, he's not a great catcher, but the bat more than makes up for it. Um, I think Will Smith, you can look at and say the same thing, even though Salvador Perez has struggled this year. He's on that list. J.P. Mm -hmm. Real Muto clearly has been the most consistent. Um, but, you know, beyond those four, yeah. there aren't a lot of, like, really good, clearly good big league catchers right now. And so uh, the, the depth that the Jays have at that position, staggering. I mean, they have, uh, and I think I can include Moreno in here, they have four legitimate big league catchers. And I know Kirk is more of a bat-first guy, and Zach Collins certainly is more of a bat first guy, but you add Danny Jansen and, and Gabriel Moreno into there. The to me, the the Jays have by far the best catching depth in the big leagues. Yeah, no, listen, I I you know I've been people have been talking about the Jays need to trade one of their catchers, and you know we know the teams have been interested in Kirk in the past, and yeah, yeah there's there is a lot of depth there, but uh, you know my argument with this is, man, you've got you, you if you play this right. If you make the right decision, which teams have to do, you can you can set yourself up for the next decade behind the plate and also have a trade chip if you play it right. There aren't a lot of organizations yes. that can say that. There really aren't. No. 
It's, it's going to be interesting, though, on the Dave Moreno plays to see do, do they get Kirk in there at DH? Like, where do they get him at bats? Because clearly he's earned them. Clearly he deserves them. He's been, you know, if not DJ's best hitter this season and certainly among their best hitters. And I think yesterday was a perfect example of that. You know, this is a guy who does not strike out a lot and who puts the ball in play and hits it hard. And uh, four hit days, it's not easy to get those in the big leagues. And yeah. and he made it look easy. Everybody that, that said the Blue Jays are going to the playoffs, go deep in the playoffs. You think people still feel that same way? Yeah, I think it's, it, you know, the last two weeks have certainly helped in that regard. But uh, when, when I look at the Jays, so, you know, every time I, I, a team comes to town here in Kansas City, I look around the clubhouse and what I look for in a good to great team is depth. And uh, when it comes to the starting rotation, you know, Ryu is hurt now. Kikuchi was terrible yesterday, but at the, at the top end, Man, uh, when when you've got Manoa and Gosman, those are two all-stars this season. Those are two of the best pitchers in the American League. Um, and, and I think, you know, Barrios has had his struggles, but I think he's he's going to be fine. The the depth, though, that that's my question about mm-hmm. the Jays right now with, with starting pitching. They're in, and listen, they need, they need relief arms, too. We talked about this last week. But the lineup, uh, e- even when Santiago Espinal is hitting cleanup, and I will agree that that struck me as a little odd yesterday. But uh, even then, uh, there are still a lot of guys in that lineup who can really hit. And so I I don't worry about that offense uh, nearly as much as the numbers might tell you to. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that the the – appreciation of the Jays and the reason that a lot of people, myself included, picked them to have an excellent 2022 and potentially go deep into the playoffs, that that hasn't gone away. They're, they're winning. They're finally playing up to their talent level, and I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, when do we stop asking whether or not what the Yankees are doing is sustainable? About now, probably. And, and listen, it's it's not sustainable to the extent that they're going to be playing 725 baseball right. all year. I right. don't I don't think that part is sustainable. But when you talk about the favorite in the American League, I don't think there's any other team that you could put up there anymore. Um, they've just you know uh, they they have they have had a lot of things go right for them this year. They they've had. Uh, a rotation that for me was a question mark coming into the season, go out there and be the best in baseball. Um, they've had guys like Clay Holmes take leaps forward into, into roles that they've never been in before. And uh, they've had the best offensive player in baseball this year by a pretty reasonable margin and Aaron judge. So um, they, you know, they're, they're an excellent baseball team and they are a true threat in October, but October is a different beast. You know, it's a lot less, and, and I don't think it should be this way, but it's turned out this way. It's a lot less dependent on starting pitching than it was once upon a time. And that lack of reliance on starting pitching is going to be a ding against the Yankees. And they, they better get that bullpen depth uh, in order, you know, losing Chad green and Louis heel to Tommy John surgery, losing a role to Chapman, uh, to ineffectiveness and eventually injury, uh, like they they need relievers too. So the, there there are flaws, there are potential landmines for them. Um, it, it's 
it's just a matter of whether their excellence in so many other facets, defense included, with you know Trevino and Higashioka getting most of the time behind the plate, and Donaldson and Kiner Falefa on the left side. It's just such an improved team in that regard uh, that I, I think they're gonna they're gonna be tough to beat. Speaking of tough to beat, Red Sox won seven in a row. How do you think they go about trade deadline? What do they do? Because, you know, it's just more competition for the Blue Jays to have to go out and try and compete against trying to get better swing and miss out of the bullpen because the Red Sox need exactly what the Blue Jays need. What do you see uh, the the Red Sox doing here? Um, I mean, it, it's been interesting the last couple nights watching them. And, and I'll admit, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, I will – turn into games uh, or tune into games when there are crazy things going on, like a team like the angels losing 14 in a row, but it's giving me a better, better look into what the Red Sox have and seeing a guy named John Schreiber starting the beginning of the the ninth inning and John Schreiber, you know, he's bounced around a little bit. He's been in the big leagues. He's never been effective until this year, but seeing the Red Sox turn to John Schreiber and Matt Strom in the ninth inning makes me think, oh boy, like this is a team whose bullpen really needs to get a whole lot better if they want to compete. And, and I think a lot depends on the next month or so for the Red Sox. Um, I don't think if they're anywhere near playoff contention, they're going to sell. Um, and, and part of that is because of the new playoff format. I, I was talking with someone from a, a club that's in a wild card spot right now. And he was saying to me, the new playoff format makes it likelier that we're going to go out and get someone. Because whereas in the past, maybe we're subject to a one-game wild card, uh, you know, play-in game. And and the the vagaries of small sample are are never shown in in greater fashion than in a one-game playoff. Well, we got three games this time, and the more games you play, the likelier the true talent is to show itself. And uh, the Red Sox have a lot of talent. I mean, J.D. Martinez is having an incredible year this year. Rafael Devers, same. Xander Bogarts, uh, as long as he's healthy, is really good. It's, it's tough to find a lineup that has three bats as good as the Red Sox top three. And, uh, you know, they've, they've done this with, Kike Hernandez and Bobby Dahlbeck struggling. They, they've done this uh, with, without an outfield, really, to, uh, that you can say much good about. So the Red Sox have areas of improvement that they can find, and they can definitely hit a level higher than this, whether it's getting Chris Sale back, bringing Tristan Cassis up, or going out at the deadline and getting guys. And, and one thing Heim Bloom's done really well there is work on the organizational depth with prospects. Like the Red Sox were there and when he took that organization over and the farm system by no means is great now but it's a whole lot better than it was uh jeff before i let you run what where do the angels go you talked about the angels and you know losing 14 in a row playing nickelback music there's a walk-up song which should i mean that should there should be a place in baseball hell reserved for the person that came up with that <laughs> never mind baseball hell there should be a place in hell for someone who came up with that idea um where are they going to turn for manager? What type of manager has to has to step in there? I think it needs to be somebody who doesn't just understand analytics like Joe Madden did, but embraces them. Because, guys, that, that's the reality of where we are in baseball right now. If you are not all in on analytics, then you are behind. And, and listen, we can argue uh, about 
whether that's the right thing or not, about whether that's a prudent way to go about running a baseball team or not. It's just fact, though. Like, that's how baseball works these days, because if you are not all in on analytics, then you are behind the others who are. And that that doesn't take away culture. That's an important part of things. Uh, That doesn't take away any of the the old school knowledge that we have or gut feel. That's an important part, too. Uh, the, The most vital, though, is having a good, solid mixture of all of these things. And I, I think Joe Madden had grown so tired of, uh, of analytics by the end and, and was going from what I've been told on gut feel a whole lot about things. And uh, I, that just, it doesn't work. You have to embrace it. You don't have to be like fully, I'm going to go to the binder every time. But uh, if you're not at least consulting the binder, you're not doing your job. Jeff, really good you to do this, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, Pleasure's mine, boys. See ya. Jeff Passan, ESPN MLB insider. Um, yeah, it, it's the it is it's interesting. And Passan's point is well made. It's not just enough to talk about analytics. You've really got to embrace it, and you've got to be prepared to sell it. And there really is. I, I just think that's 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 the way it is now. You you have to you really have to show front office that you're all in on it because and you know mm-hmm. someone explained to me the other day, you know analytics ain't cheap it's someone in the blue jays organization it's not cheap mm. you know people just think it's it's you know hire a bunch of bunch of guys in khakis he was talking about your phrase nice uh hiring a bunch of guys you're in khakis welcome. he says it's not cheap it you know it, it costs money to be all in in analytics and it's you know there's an arms race out there when it comes to analytics mm. teams are trying to outdo each other and it's like anything else. When you spend a lot of money and devote a lot of time on things and somebody in the chain of command isn't all in. Well, that's why you're seeing the, the managers getting younger. Yep. Because they haven't been on the other side of it. That's why. You know what time it is? We got to squeeze in Barker's back leg bits here just because we got a couple of questions. It's time for Barker's back fast. leg no bits. Worries. I don't know who he was praying to, but Barker's like, get up, get out of here. And the guy's right at the fence. Like, I got this one, you know? The umpires would throw the balls out. Like, hey, Barker's up. Bring in the six balls. We need the dead one. Well, I saw you in 2005 hit homers off scoreboards in yeah, the International did. League. I, so I, sure I know how you roll. Yeah, I know how I you roll, too. Patrick Rutledge wants to know if you sleep with that baseball you always have in your hand. No. And what was the weirdest, funniest baseball superstition you witnessed? You witnessed, not that you were involved in. Was there any superstition you saw someone have? You don't have to give us the name that you witnessed that was just odd. Mm. Other than that one. <laughs> I, I, I have seen, I have, I have seen multiple players where other guys Underwear. I have seen that, which is sliding shorts and maybe yeah. not the actual tidy whitey, but the other, okay. the sliding right. yeah, short part of it. Okay. Just yeah. because that person's raking and washed, and, of course. I have no idea, nor do I care because I was not one of those people. I okay. thought if you worked hard enough, you make your own luck. So I was not a superstitious person, but <laughs> no, I did not sleep with this baseball. Mike B wants to know if Moreno comes in and gives you a great defensive game calling behind the plate, sprinkles in a few hits and here and there. Is that a win, or do you think he needs to be immediately lights out on both sides of the ball? It's what we talked about. Lights out is – I'll ask you this. Hold your own. What do you expect to see – what do you expect to see first? 
I mean, listen. Decent, to, do you expect to see decent defense out the gate, or do you expect to see a guy hit? All out right, the gate? listen to Jeff talk there. He basically said he's the best hitter catcher that he's seen at the minor leagues. That's basically the way it sounded. All right, show us. If you're that good offensively, then you better be really good offensively. You may not have to hit homers because he's not a home run hitter, but the actual average and all those things, yeah, hold your own offensively. Now, Stephen Nicole uh, is kind of riffing off something. He's got a different take on, you know, he says, I'm no baseball expert, so you're right at home here, Stephen. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think the reason why they called up Moreno is to get him going along with Kirk, and then when Jansen comes back, Trade him before July 1st for starting pitcher or reliever. Just a thought. Look, if, if if Gabriel Moreno comes up here and hits the ground running and Danny Jansen comes back, they're, they're yeah, they're going to have three catchers. And none of them bat left-handed. So there's, you know, I, I, I have to tell you that part of my thought process here, Stephen, has been what if it works out? Do you consider, do you consider moving Danny Jansen? If it works out, teams have asked about Danny Jansen. Um, we know he's hugely important to this organization. I, I go back to what I, I don't know. I, I go back to what I said earlier. Uh, I think, I just think we need to, we, we need to celebrate and like the fact that this organization is set with catching should be set for the next 10 years. Knock on wood. Um, I, I would just let it play Moreno out. Moreno shows you he can catch four days a week. He's your get guy. Some quality through because the Kirk thing he's shown you can't yeah. do that body type and get so to, you're, get him you're offensively. Moreno has to show you he's the number one guy on a World Series contending team before oh, you move Jansen. Those are, those are, but that's what you're saying, that's basically. A giant right? sentence you just said. Yeah, that's basically what you're saying. Uh, yeah, he I'd has rather, to show I'd rather that. keep the three catchers, even if they're all right. You may have to to get Kirk in capital letters. Yeah, no, it's a. It's an interesting point. It'll be something to uh, talk about. So anyhow, that's it for us. No baseball today. It's an off day for the Blue Jays. We solved everything today. We solved everything. We'll be back from 10 to noon Eastern tomorrow. And uh, we will have Blue Jays talk for you tomorrow as well after the Jays and the Detroit Tigers start their three-game series. Have yourself a great afternoon.